Good evening. How are we doing? Hope that we're all doing well. Happy Sunday evening. I'm just going to send a few invites. Hope that we're all doing well. Bear with me while I just send some invites. So it's a little bit cooler than it was last weekend. So I'm not frying in my office tonight, which is nice. Can't complain. Just sending a couple of invites. Bear with me. If you're catching up on replay, thank you so much for joining. Um, and feel free to skip the first two minutes of this while I get it all set up. There you go. A couple of invites. That'll do. There we go. What is going on? So Ben's on. Hello, mate. Haley's on. Sarah, Rosie, John. Mum's on. Hello, Mum. Lisa's on. Amazing. Let me just see if I can get a couple more. There we go. Right, let me just set this up. There we go. Amazing. I hope we're all doing well. I hope we've had a really good weekend. Now, episode eight of the Always Better Than Yesterday interview session. So for those of you that are joining for the first time, thank you so much. Thank you for, for, for spending your Sunday evening with me. I hope to bring you some form of value. Um, the reason I do these is because, um, and if you've joined before, you'll, you'll know all this. Um, but I'm going to say it anyway. I... I'm fascinated by people. I'm fascinated by um, inspiring and successful people. Um, and I know enough about people that um, things aren't always as easy and simple as it might seem. Inspiring and successful people haven't just got where they've got to without um, overcoming hardship and difficulties and building a, you know, a good set of, of habits and, and a good strong mindset. So these interview sessions have all been about um, being nosy, asking people all about um, their experiences and how they've overcome hardships and, and, and you know, what it is that they love to do and, and, and how they followed that. And um, I am super, super excited this evening, super excited to be speaking with Gemma Hunt. So um, all of those people local to Trowbridge, they will know Gemma as a local celebrity um, and any of those um, people watching that are parents will know your kids would be obsessed with with her, I'm absolutely sure, like mine are. Um, we were watching Swashbuckle this afternoon. Um, so yeah, super excited. Can't wait to, to speak with Gemma. Um, if you've got any questions, please do drop them on. Um, hello, everybody. There's lots of people watching, so I'm really, really pleased that I uh, have all you guys join us so you can hear this. Uh, Neil's on. Neil from episode two. Nice to see you, Commando Dad. Hope you're well, my friend. We must speak again soon. So, the reason I'm excited to speak to Gemma is because I think she's a great example to um, not just young people, but all people, because it, it really does come across that she absolutely loves what she does. Um, and I think sometimes the advice of um, do what you love can be lost on some people because there's not a sense of practicality behind it. Um, and I want people to to learn, listen and learn and understand that, um, you know, there's a there's a path and a journey um, that's behind doing what you love. Um, and it's not just as simple as um, just falling into something. And um, hopefully we'll hear a bit more from that with, with Gemma. 
and I'm going to bring her on now. I want to say, I'm going to ruin the story. Drum roll. Hey! How are you? Good evening. Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. How are you? Great, yes. Amazing. Thank you for joining me. That's okay. Did you survive your camping weekend? It was, <laughs> it was we came home a day early. Oh, no. <laughs> it was probably better than that than being blown down the campsite, so. Yeah, yeah, I've had friends that have been camping this weekend as well. They're all home and dry now, thankfully. Yeah, yeah, home and dry, and I can't wait for this, so thank you so much for joining me. All right, pleasure. Not, not that you need a, a massive introduction from our community, <laughs> but would you please do me the honour of introducing yourself? So I'm Gemma Hunt and I'm a Trowbridge girl, born and bred. Uh, I, yeah, I was born in Trowbridge Hospital and then I went to Staverton Primary School and then I went to John of Gaunt and I left there to go to university when I was 18. Um, so that was really fun. Um, but yeah, I'm best known, I suppose, for doing a swashbuckle. Or... Ah! I think she pressed the wrong button. Come back. Let me just try to set that up again. Bear with. Are we back again? There we go. Don't <laughs> touch any buttons. <laughs> sorry, it was all my my phone decided to uh, do something crazy. But anyway, sorry. Good. Hi. Hello uh, again. But yes, I was introducing myself. So yeah, I'm Gemma from Trowbridge, um, but now living in Southeast because now I'm married and moved away from home. Although I was back in the West Country last weekend visiting family. So yeah, it's nice to come back occasionally. Amazing. I don't know if you caught the introduction, but the reason I'm fascinated with talking with yourself is because I, I, it really looks like you love what you do. Would that be fair to say? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, and I guess what I want people to be able to hear and learn from you is that I guess it's not it always been a, a straightforward, simple journey of, you know, you wake up one day and all of a sudden you're a CBBC presenter and you're, you're loving what you do. I guess there's been a journey and a, and a process behind that. And I'd, I'd love to know a little bit about your backstory and, and how that kind of that opportunity has, has come to be, really. OK, well, I guess I've always been an entertainer. You're, you've only got to ask some of my family on my mum's side and they will tell you, oh, yes. Whenever we had big family get togethers, get togethers, Gemma would always be the one that was entertaining in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And whether that be just prancing around, making food of myself around the dinner table, or whether my my cousins would get a video camera and start filming, and we'd make like home movies, and yeah. I was always the presenter on it. So I kind of got a lot of practice from doing that kind of thing. Um, but then when I was at uh, school, I really enjoyed drama really enjoyed performing that sort of thing and then I went to a local church in Trowbridge Bethesda Baptist Church and we had a drama group and would often do little drama sketches of things to do um at youth club mm -hmm. and then we'd perform in, in our church or in other churches and stuff and so that was probably when I first got involved with performing as well as doing lots of school shows so doing school shows is a great way to kind of experience mm. working with an audience and doing something that you really really love so I did that I did me and my girl did Little Shop of Horrors um, and then I thought do you know what? I really like working with kids as well my mum had um, my little sister when I was nine and so I was around as really hands-on as kind of a second parent yeah. as well as a big sister and I think it was probably because of my sister that I realized that I liked entertaining kids yeah 
and it was like oh yeah this is something that feels quite natural and quite fun I really like this so let's see what we can do with that so I remember going to see the careers advisor at John of Gaunt and um and I remember them saying, so oh, what would you like to do when you leave school? I thought, well, actually, I'd really like to work in kids' telly and maybe try and get a, get a job on that. And they're like, oh, no, you want to find a proper job. Yeah. Like, you don't want to find something else. And I thought, oh, okay. Well, I still really kind of want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, I'm not actually going to listen <laughs> to you. I'm going to follow my heart's desire and go and try and do what I can. And that's kind of how it all started. And and, and that's typical, isn't it? You know, I think, um, and that's what I'm trying to write here, right, right now is, is there'll be so many people that will say, do the safe thing, do the easy option, get a proper job, get, you know, mm -hmm. and, and if you'd followed that advice, there'd have been I'd a lot. Be... I'd probably be, and this isn't a bad thing because I actually have a lot of respect, but I would probably be a primary school teacher because yeah. that's probably the other thing that I felt like I would like to do because yeah. I guess that's still entertaining children but also educating them too. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And I guess I guess being a young person then, you, you would have had to have been quite, um, would you call yourself um, headstrong, determined? Yeah, absolutely. And stubborn. Yes, I think, yeah. because I just thought no this is what I want to do so sorry careers advisor um is this what you wanted to do when you were at school did you say to your careers advisor I want to be a careers advisor <laughs> probably not yes and maybe perhaps perhaps they did but I just thought no I do need to just go for it so that's kind amazing of so you wanted to be an entertainer and and what was your next step where did you go from there so then I looked for universities because I figured that I had to do something in education. I couldn't just drop out of school at 18 with, with just hopes and aspirations. I needed to get something yeah. behind me to help me, to inspire me, to equip me and also to, to educate me in the, actual, in the actual business, in the industry. So I looked on, well, no, I was going to say I looked online. I absolutely did look <laughs> online because you couldn't look online then. I looked through prospectuses. This is it, yeah. And I remember there were two universities that had a course for media performance that said jobs um, after this may include TV presenting. I'm like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So I looked through and there was one for Salford University and then also one for Luton University. So I thought, right, I'll apply for both. And I was due to get really high grades in my A-levels. So I figured that I'd probably be able to get into either and then I'd probably choose. And my preference was to go up north to go to Manchester. And um, as it happens, I got my results through. I got three A's at A-level doing English language, psychology and performing arts. And then Manchester, so Salford, didn't want to know. Ah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, that's fine. I'll go to Luton then. And um, so I went to Luton. And I was like, oh, Luton Airport. Is that where Luton Airport is? Like, oh, yes, okay, cheap flights. That's great. <laughs> but I... Um, Went up over to Luton and absolutely loved it. The course was phenomenal. The, the lecturers were inspirational. My classmates were brilliant. So many of them have also gone on to do incredible things. Mm. Um, and so it was at university that I then felt like this is the thing for me to do. I'm definitely finding my feet here. And some friends of mine from the Christian Union were part of a, a, a music group um, and they said, oh, we're putting on this big showcase evening. We need somebody to compare it. Would you be up for it? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> not really sure that I'm ready for that yet, but why not give it a go? So I went along to this massive church that used to be a theatre in London, in Ealing. 
and I hosted this event and it was absolutely brilliant. There were all these different acts that came on and all I had to do was get up on stage and then just introduce it with different acts and it was really good. Amazing. And I thought, yeah, I feel very comfortable here. So I went back to uni and then in my third year, no, sorry, go back a bit. At the end of my first year, I then applied for a TV talent show mm. called Is She MTV? So it's like a very early X Factor mm. where they were looking for a new presenter to present on MTV alongside Richard Blackwood. And there was a nationwide search and I went to the London audition. So they would have been in Bristol, Birmingham, Manchester, you know, like they normally are. And there were tens of thousands of girls that auditioned on each of the different days. whispered from some of the production that I was one of the favourites for uh, getting through to get this six month contract and it wasn't me. I was like, oh my god and in a great showroom. And well, actually I'm first year of university so I go back to you and that was the best thing for me. I'm such an academic and I like to finish things I'm such a perfectionist in that way and take real pride in what I'm doing I want to make sure that I completed my that lectures professionals from things was an agent who presented I'm not sure if I'm losing you. Can you hear me? Still there? Oh, he's still <laughs> Ah, there we go. There we go. There we go, we're back now. <laughs> um so yeah, so she she said about putting together a showreel, and um and that's basically like a, a a CV, but lots of clips of you doing stuff on telly, and the um sorry, I'm just making sure that I've got connection here. Um, so I put together um lots of clips of these bits of me doing this MTV show, and I said to this agent lady, look, I've got some clips of me on VHS, I'll have you know, it's back in that, yeah. that long ago. And would you be interested in sending it out and trying to represent me so that I could potentially get some interest, get some work? And uh, she said, well, I know people at CBBC, I know people at CITV. So yeah, send it over, let's see what happens. So I, I sent it to her. She sent it off to both those avenues and they both came back on like, mm, not really sure that we're that interested. And, but thankfully she knew somebody that worked at CBBC and they said, okay, well, let's get Gemma in for an interview. So I went in for a meeting uh, had to take the day off uni. I think I might have just snuck out and not told anybody <laughs> where I was going. Because I just thought also I didn't want to let anybody know in case it didn't go anywhere. And then it's just like, oh, all the big hype and yeah. then nothing happens. Um, but then, so I went for this interview in London and they said, yeah, we really like you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, why don't you come back for a screen test? So then I went for a screen test a couple of weeks later, which again is like an interview, an audition on camera in studio. And... It, it went reasonably well, I should imagine. It was fine. I was very nervous because I'd going into the BBC and yeah. I was doing it actually in the CBBC studio. Wow. And then as I was leaving, they were like, okay, well, thanks very much. We'll see you soon. And I was like, yeah, see you soon. <laughs> That's just what they say. And then as I left and I went to visit a friend for a coffee and I'm just walking back to the tube station, my phone rings and it's the lady who's my agent. And she, she's like, um, are you sitting down? I said, uh, I'm just going to kind of lean against this wall in Holborn. Yeah, okay. She's like, 
they want to offer you a six-month contract. Wow. What? <laughs> I, said, I haven't finished uni yet, and I actually hadn't finished my degree at this point. So they then said, okay, we'll just finish uni, take a couple of weeks holiday, and then start with us. Amazing. And that happened. I started working. My first day on screen was Independence Day 2003. Wow. So when you when you first joined the the, the BBC, then did, who were your kind of childhood heroes growing up, and were you? Oh, Philip Schofield, yeah, Sarah Green, like all those, all the going live presenters, yeah. really. Yeah, I think watching them, all the Blue Peter presenters as well. Um, so Diane Louise Jordan was a real favourite, who's actually become a friend since then, which wow. is amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Um. Yeah, so people like that. And so then getting to go into places where they've been and do the stuff that they've done was just like, man, what an honour. That's amazing. To be able to do that. That's yeah, amazing. Really and, and and you and I spoke on, on Friday and I shared with you the story about um, when I applied to be a police officer. We're talking about nearly eight years ago now. And um, I was accepted and I was due to due to start my career as a police officer and because of all the government cutbacks, my intake was cancelled and they made me wait two years. Um, and because my kind of um, assessment centre um, qualificate or pass had um, expired after two years, they wanted to re-interview me. And um, I shared with you this story that I went into the re-interview, you know, just to make sure I was still competent. You know, it was just a and I failed. And I felt there was no reason I should have failed that re-interview. Um, mm. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It didn't feel like it at the time, um, because that was my life's course. I was going to be a police officer, and my career was going to be 30 years, and my life was taken care of. And all of a sudden, mm. I was at a point where that didn't happen. <clears throat> and I was, what do I do? Who am I? You know, and all these sort of things. And I guess, I guess, how did you feel about the difference between, you know, mm. Salford and Luton, and, and reflecting back on that now, like, I'm really glad and I truly believe that everything happens for a reason and I can laugh about it now because what 15 years later I'm now working in Salford filming Swashbuckle. <laughs> wow yeah. So I ended up there eventually. <laughs> it was just a different route. It wasn't the route that I was planning but it was a better route. Amazing. That is amazing. So let's talk a little bit about your um your your kind of career as it is now then i mean do you still get nervous i do yeah. but i think it's good to get nervous because it means that you care about what you're doing i agree i think that when you just do something and it doesn't mean anything you're kind of dead behind your eyes and the audience can see that and they yeah. feel that and you're not giving your best because you probably don't want to be there or it's not important to you so i truly believe that having nerves is a good thing mm -hmm. it's just managing them mm. so how do you manage them <sighs> take deep breaths yeah um i'm a christian so i will pray and i will sort of focus myself and ground myself in my faith i try to be as prepared as possible mm. because i feel like when i'm most nervous is when i'm least prepared mm. and so it's trying to be prepared to to do the stuff that is required um and it's also being confident in the people that you're working with, like knowing that you've got somebody who's on sound that's going to make you sound good, somebody on lighting is going to light you, someone on makeup is going to make you up to make you look good. So all these things, team you have effort. confidence in other people. Yeah, it's, it is a team effort. And I used to think that when I used to do live CBBC at the weekends, and it would just be me on camera, there'd be about 
15 to 20 other people behind the camera to put me on the camera. Wow. And that's, so it's a massive team effort and I couldn't do it without anybody, everybody there. And, and it's really important for, for people that want to know about the industry to realize that because often we just think, oh, it's so glamorous, it's so amazing and what you do is fantastic. I'm like, yeah, but I, I Gemma, yeah. cannot do all of this. If it was just me, yeah, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. And I imagine long days on sets and there'll be days oh, where you feel low on energy. Yeah. and Totally really long days, unglamorous, like getting changed in the toilets, doing your makeup <laughs> in, the, in a wing mirror of a car, of a parked car somewhere. Like all those things I've done. Yeah. <laughs> and it really isn't glamorous. The whole place is held together with gaffer tape behind the scenes. It might look nice on camera, but everything else has got other, pe other people there holding things in place yeah. and yeah. literally... And um, I get the sense that you, you're, a, you're a high energy type person. Is it always the case or are there some times where you've really got to kick yourself and um, really get you know, frame yourself to, to be in that state? Yeah, well, I'm human at the end of the day. Yeah. So I'm going to have bad days. I'm going to have days when I'm not feeling it or I've had a bad night's sleep or no sleep or, <laughs> or tired or hungry and lots of different things. Yeah. And so there are times, obviously, that you need to just focus on the task ahead and put everything aside and think, well, I've got to deal with that, I could park that mm. now, I'll deal with that later. But it's not always easy. And I think I'm the sort of person as well that wears my heart on my sleeve. And so it's very easy to tell if I'm not happy because obviously my eyes give me away because yeah. I'm not happy about something or annoyed or frustrated. And so our greatest strength can is... sometimes be our greatest weakness. Yeah. Yeah, and some you know we're, we're very good in this business of wearing a smile, and I and I, I'm a naturally smiley person, so I think that sometimes when I'm not smiley, that's when you're like, are you actually okay? <laughs> yeah, amazing. So I think for those young people that um, that might watch this, and they're sat there and they've just finished their GCSEs, what advice would you give to, to that person? around um looking towards their future and, and doing what they love because sometimes the you know the advice people can give is you know do what you love follow your passion and i guess sometimes there's not a, a practical sense of but what does that mean what do i do and mm. where do people start with that i think you need to have a plan a which is definitely whatever your heart's desire is that thing that you've been working towards the thing that you can see yourself doing as a career and has longevity the thing that you've studied for that's pointing in that direction mm have that plan A, have that dream, have that thing you can hold on to, but have a plan B up your sleeve. Because it could be that something might happen to your health that will stop you from doing your dream job, mm. or something that might happen in your family that will take you away from your dream job. But you don't then want to be disappointed and not be able to do those things that you've worked really hard towards. So for me, doing all the studying and training to get into television or on stage is amazing. And I love the fact that I have all of that. Yeah. But my plan B has always been to be a nanny, like a childminder, looking after children. And that's something that I've done alongside telly or when I've not been working, mm. that's something else I've been able to do. So I've transferred my skills of entertaining children on the masses to entertain just a couple once one-on-one. On, one on one. And so that's been my plan B. And also I know that people are always going to need childcare yeah. of some kind. Yeah. And so then I'm guaranteed to work forever. Amazing, yeah. So like that's, that's my plan B. And that's so true, isn't it? You know, it just makes sense because if that's, you know, I, I a lot of what I do with, with my coaching and, and um, my community is help people get this sense of their purpose and their why. Mm. And, it, and it's, um, I don't know whether you've spent time thinking about your purpose, but 
just listening to you and this sense of what you love to do around entertaining and, and um, you know, children. And it just makes sense because what you do isn't, doesn't define you, but mm. that, that's why it makes sense for you to do and children's entertaining and nannying. It's you within that, but it's what you mm. love. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, again, going back to like my faith, I think I have a, a higher purpose, a greater purpose. Mm. And, and I'm, very reliant on God for that and I definitely believe that he has crafted my path for me and I'm just now trying to obediently walk along this path and pick up the blessings on the way and pick up the fun times and pick up the difficult times too but Mm. then equally know that that's like my crutch something to lean on my faith is something to lean on which not everybody has yeah and so that is that has been my backbone that has been my lifeblood that has been the thing that's kept me going in really difficult times and so then I don't have to worry too much about my future because yeah. I kind of know that it's all right. Mm. And whatever happens, it will be for my good anyway. Yeah. So I'm just going along and I'm enjoying the ride. And if it gets great, get better and amazing. If it gets worse, then amazing. Because you just got to make the best out of a bad situation and do the best that you can with what you've got. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's such a great perspective on life to have. So... I don't want to keep you too long. I've been really, really appreciative for your time. And, and uh, right. I, could, I could sit and listen to you all evening. I just love the enthusiasm. <laughs> I could chat for much longer, but I think my phone battery might not last yeah. much longer. <laughs> well, a couple of weeks ago, my phone actually almost melted. Though, so when, in, when one of these interviews, my phone told me to uh, turn it off because it was... Oh, I've seen that before. Yeah, it's getting too warm, getting <laughs> out of the sun or something. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So... Um, is there anything else? That, I mean, I could ask you questions all evening, but is there anything else that you would you would share? What advice would you give? Uh, or actually, let's go with your what are your kind of three big lessons for for you in your as you pursued your career. I think you have to focus on what your heart's desire is mm-hmm. and aim for that, mm-hmm. because that is the thing that will motivate you to get out of bed in the morning. And especially if you're having a bad day or if you're having relationship issues and you've got other things that are consuming you, knowing that you are targeting the one thing that you know in your heart of heart is your purpose and your grand design for what you need to do. Like that's go for it. You need to have good cheerleaders around you. So whether that be parents or a partner or friends or other people in your family people that also share your vision Mm. and that care about you Mm. that will support you on those good times and also on those times that are tricky whether it be due to illness or heartbreak or financial problems they can they can get you through that because I've had a lot of good friends that I'm sure would testify that they've been there for me and they've been the ones that have really supported me through those tough times to to keep me going and and the other thing is just to have faith and believe in yourself mm. and because because you will get rejected and you will be disappointed but don't lose sight of who you are and in in that mm. and know that you are a good person regardless of other people's opinion opinions yeah. sometimes they're right sometimes they're not don't be too hard on yourself forgive yourself which i'm not particularly great <laughs> at i'm still learning that one but yeah just have to have faith in yourself Amazing. I absolutely love those three. I, I get just the smile on my face. Absolutely love <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I think people have been dropping on with their comments and questions. If people have had questions, do you, would you mind dropping in and, and engaging with people and, and answering their yeah, questions? Yeah, totally. Amazing. Because yeah, um, there's so 
there's quite a few um and i wouldn't want to keep people here any much longer so uh, lots of swashbuckle fans parents of children that yeah. are big swashbuckle fans um, <laughs> we, we watched it this afternoon it was a bit of a wet and windy day outside so we spent the time watching swashbuckle it was amazing so thank you <laughs> thank you for your entertainment and thank you so much for joining me um no worries. really really grateful for it and um cool. and what's next for you so I've got a few festivals that I'm working at over the summer. I'll put all the details on my website, which is gemmahunt.com. And then I'm doing Panto this year, Amazing. this Christmas in Sheffield. So it's a bit far from the West Country, but if anybody's up north and wants to come, you're most welcome Amazing. to be at the Lyceum Theatre. I think we opened the beginning of December. Um, and what, what Panto was it? It's Peter Pan Peter. and I'm playing Tiger Lily. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> That's fantastic. I wish you very well for your future and, and thanks. And I hope Thank I'll, you. I hope I'll pass across again because you are absolutely an inspiring lady and, and I wish you all the very best. Thanks, Ryan. Good to see you too. Take care. Much love. Bye, Bye guys. Thanks for joining.